Yeah! Woo! Heck yeah, baby! Rivers gives to Scrolls, angling left, has got room, it. 15, 10, 5, jackpot! He got it! Yes. He got it! He got it! The play should have been ruled a fumble. Ha 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 ha! Touchdown, Antonio Gates! 112 career touchdown catches. That's the most by an NFL tight end all time. I would have hoped that if people would have figured it out. I just like to play football. This is Score More with Garrett Sister. Let's go! Score more podcast. Score more podcast. Score more podcast. That's right. We are back. And I'm in some type of mood. There's a big game coming up this Sunday against a team with a winning record. I know the Chargers have played some teams with winning records, but this is maybe the first good team, at least their best opponent so far in the 2018 season. Not named the Chiefs, I guess. Forgot about the Chiefs. But still, big matchup this Sunday. Some implications. We'll talk about it. Sorry I didn't have a podcast last week. Cardinals weren't fun to watch. There wasn't a lot to talk about. There wasn't a lot of positives. And also, the show's released on Thursdays, and that's Thanksgiving. So holiday for the show, holiday for you. Though maybe you needed this podcast so you could avoid all that political conversation during Thanksgiving dinner. I know most of you probably could. But we're here. We are here. Welcome back, score morons. I missed you. I know you missed me. Hashtag score morons. We're still using it. And at score more pod on Twitter. Follow that over there. Probably tweet during this game, I think, from that account. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how I feel. And if I feel the urge to do it. But go follow at score more pod. There is a lot to get to. So we're just going to get right into it. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Chargers are traveling to Pittsburgh. The Pittsburgh Steelers just lost to the Street Killers also known as the Denver Broncos. They ended the Steelers' six-game win streak last weekend. And, of course, the week before that, Denver murdered the Chargers' six-game win streak. So I don't know what it is about the Broncos, but they're playing well right now, at least for back-to-back weeks. Now this weekend, a huge matchup with major playoff implications, like I mentioned. Steelers are the leaders in the AFC North. They're currently the fourth seed. Their record is 7-3-1. They had a tie in Week 1 against the Browns. They're just ahead of the Baltimore Ravens, who currently sit at 6-5. Now, while the Chargers are locked in at the 5th spot at 8-3, they are two games ahead of the Baltimore Ravens, who are the 6th and last seed right now. Of course, the Chargers will see the Ravens Week 16 in prime time. So, if the season ended today, and that's a big if the season ended today, Chargers matchup in the playoffs would be just like what's happening this weekend. They'd be playing on the road in Pittsburgh. So again, this Sunday, major implications. Loss for the Chargers doesn't mean they're out of the playoff race, by any means, obviously. In fact, the Chargers have a 94% chance of getting that fifth seed in the AFC, and only the fifth seed. But the matchup this weekend, while they're not out of it if they lose it, is going to be a pretty good measuring stick to see how this team will fare in a hostile environment in an important game. So, let's jump into these injuries, and then we'll break down the Steelers' offense, defense, talk a little special teams, and give you the result. 
I'll start with the Chargers this time because it is a short list. Austin Eckler was a full go on Wednesday. Tyrell Williams, the wide receiver, was a limited participant. Melvin Gordon did not practice on Wednesday. That was obvious. He won't be playing on Sunday. Antonio Gase got a rest day on Wednesday. And Brandon Meebane did not practice, and they're listing that as a not-injury-related rest day. So, I don't know what's going on with Brandon Meebane. A little murky. Sounds personal. Hope everything's good with Meebane. We'll see if he plays Sunday. And for the Steelers, which is a much longer list, both Ben Roethlisberger and Marquise Pouncey did not practice on Wednesday, but that was a coach's decision. They basically got a rest day. Xavier Grimble, the tight end, was a full go on Wednesday. Stefan Tuitt, the defensive end, limited on Wednesday. And a lot of did not participate. The safety, Morgan Burnett, was out with a back injury. Linebacker Bud Dupree was out with a pectoral injury. Backup guard B.J. Finney was out for a personal reason. I guess a lot like Mebane. He didn't practice on Wednesday either. The tackle, Marcus Gilbert, did not practice with a knee injury. That'll be big. We'll talk about his backup coming up later. And the tight end, Vance McDonald, was out with a hip injury. He did not practice on Wednesday either. Now, moving on to this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, and this is an explosive offense. They've got some considerable weapons all over the field, and we'll start with the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. Now, as Charger fans, we've seen Big Ben a lot over the years. We know that he can extend a play. He's a real tough QB to bring down. That's all a given. So the Chargers pass rushers will have to wrap up, make sure to bring him down, because when he slips a tackle, that is when Ben is at his most dangerous. So let's talk about how Ben has played this season. Pittsburgh loves to throw the ball because Big Ben has those weapons. In fact, Roethlisberger leads the league in pass attempts this season. The Steelers have won seven games, so it's not like that's one of those stats that's inflated where you got to throw to catch up in games. They've been up, and they've been up a lot. So Pittsburgh just leans on their aerial assault on Sundays. While leading the league in attempts, Roethlisberger's completion percentage is 18th overall among quarterbacks. He's also thrown 24 touchdown passes, which is 8th among QBs. Phillip Rivers is 5th in that category. He's got 26 TD passes. Compare Roethlisberger's 24 touchdowns to his 12 interceptions, which is tied for 2nd most in the NFL. Big Ben has 55 interceptions in 52 regular season games since 2015. He's one of five quarterbacks that have at least 50 interceptions during that span. And I bet you guess who one of the other five is. Phillip Rivers. He's thrown 50 picks in 59 games. So that's five less interceptions in seven more games compared to Big Ben. In 2018, Roethlisberger has the most poor throws in the league according to the QB incompletion breakdown. His biggest struggles this year has been in the red zone. Roethlisberger has the third worst passer rating in the NFL in the red zone with a 71.4 passer rating. In fact, it was an interception in the red zone that cost the Steelers the game last week in Denver, and he leads the league with four red zone interceptions. This past weekend, Ben Roethlisberger criticized some of his teammates, and on Wednesday he doubled down saying leaders have to call out teammates. And on that span, he said Antonio Brown didn't run his route flat enough on the goal line interception that cost them the game last Sunday. He said Juju should have got the ball on that play. 
He disapproved of Marquise Pouncey's blocking on that same play for blocking the nose tackle too deep into the end zone. That seems like if you're driving a defender the opposite way away from the quarterback, that's usually a good thing, but I guess that's just me. He also called out rookie receiver James Washington for diving for a ball where Ben thought he could just run under it and catch it. He said it cost him six points in the third quarter. Now, obviously, that type of motivation when you go through the media to call out players usually goes one of two ways. It'll fire guys up or it begins a meltdown, strife in the locker room. We'll see how Pittsburgh responds this Sunday, but we know that they can throw it. They're an explosive offense, but when you get them in the red zone and you shrink that field down a little bit, that's when Big Ben gets a little careless with the football. The Chargers in the red zone have done pretty good, so that'll be something to watch on Sunday. With Le'Veon Bell not with the team for the remaining portion of the season, James Conner has emerged as an RB1 and a viable option on the ground. For the first eight weeks, Connor was on fire. He had nine touchdowns. He rushed for over 100 yards for five of the eight games he was in. But then the last three weeks, Connor has really struggled. He's only hit 65 yards once in three games, has one lone TD run in that span. Through the air, he's done some damage this year, but he's more of a power runner. He kind of gets those dump-offs when nothing else is open. His most through the air has been 75 this year, which came week five against Atlanta. One problem he does have is holding on to the football. He fumbled in Denver on Sunday, also fumbled in the opener versus Cleveland, which resulted in the tie, both costly fumbles, and he's had four total fumbles all year, which is tied most among running backs. The Chargers will need to sell hard to stop the run again this week because he is a big part of their offense. The Pittsburgh Steelers are an old-school team, and they are a different animal when Connor is rolling. They want to run to set up the pass, and when Connor gets going, they sell hard on the play action, and they have it working on all cylinders. So the Chargers will have to stop the run this Sunday. James Connor struggling a little bit going into this game. We'll have to keep that trend continuing on Sunday. Steelers have a pretty good wide receiver group. Antonio Brown, of course, is the star of the show. He's one of the best route runners in the league. He's caught 11 touchdown passes this year. It has an NFL record of five consecutive years with at least 100 catches. But the other wideout, Juju Smith-Schuster, leads the team with 77 catches, already broke 1,000 yards. He's got 1,055 yards on the season. Antonio Brown has 71 catches for 874 yards. He's on his way to have the sixth consecutive season with 100 catches. They are both big weapons, and I do not like this matchup for Chargers corner Michael Davis. Davis has done enough this year, and he's really contributed in the run game. Showed he's a very good tackler, but when he's on Juju most of the game, I'm not sure how well he can hang. Now, Casey Hayward has bounced back after a slow start to the season. He's not the same version of Casey Hayward we saw last year, but still looking much better. So if it's Antonio Brown versus Casey Hayward, that's going to be a good one to watch. And then if you've got Michael Davis on Juju Smith-Schuster... That's going to be a tough matchup for the Chargers on defense. Now, when I read the injury report, you didn't hear anything about Trevor Williams, did you? So, looks like he could be healthy going into the game on Sunday. We'll see if maybe the coaching staff elects to go with Trevor Williams this week. Who knows? We'll see. This will be the first week back, and we'll see if he's got his job back opposite Casey Hayward. 
Juju has really become a big play threat this year. Just last week, he took a catch 97 yards to the house with Big Ben throwing out of the back of their own end zone. Hopefully Davis, maybe Trevor Williams, can limit those splash plays on Sunday. Whoever it is on Juju, still don't love the matchup, even if it is Trevor Williams. This is going to be a tough one. Ryan Switzer is our slot guy, and James Washington is their big-bodied receiver. He hasn't really been featured this year much at all, and he might not even play on Sunday. We'll see. Giving up catches isn't great. You don't want to do it. But the main concern here is what they do after the catch. 55.9% of Ben Roethlisberger's passing yards this season have come after the catch. That's the highest percentage among any QB in the league. So, you don't want to give up catches. If you force in completions, they can't run after the catch. But, gotta watch that yak, man. These Steelers receivers are a threat to break one at any point. So, tight ends. It's a two-headed monster. It's Jesse James and Vance McDonald. They're their tight end duo. Both guys, good blockers, but McDonald's become more of the receiving weapon out of the group. McDonald has hit his career best in receiving yards with 444. He's also caught three TD passes. He is a big-time red zone weapon. Jesse James isn't too far behind McDonald, though he's also having a career year in receiving. He's hit 379 yards, also caught two TD passes as well. Both McDonald and James will be featured in the run game, and while they aren't a threat to kind of beat you over the top, they are mostly utilized as their third down and red zone weapons. Vance McDonald, on the injury report, might not go Sunday. If not, the Steelers will feature Jesse James as their tight end one. And still, third down weapon, they look his way in the red zone as well. If you've liked the way Mike Pouncey's played this year for the Chargers, you're not really going to like how his brother has played for the Steelers because he's been really good and by all accounts better than Mike this year. And that's no surprise. Marquise Pouncey has been a steady force in the middle of that Pittsburgh O-line for years. So to say he's been better than Mike isn't that big of a surprise. Mike's been great for the Chargers. Marquise Pouncey, even better. The guards, Ramon Foster and David DeCastro, still holding down the middle of the line. And the interior of that offensive line is really their strength. They are cut from the old school mold of ground and pound. Just like I said, set up the run, get the pass going. The interior offensive line is damn good. On the left side, Alejandro Villanueva still holding down Big Ben's blind side, and he is still very, very good. And like I mentioned earlier, Marcus Gilbert didn't practice on Wednesday. He didn't play last week. So right tackle will be rookie third-round pick Chuck Wuma Okorafor. He had his first start last week and actually had a pretty good game. Okorafor had a bit of trouble with Von Miller's spin move, but was pretty impressive in his first career start. Now, he did have a lot of help from DeCastro, so that did help. But if there is a weakness to this line, you got to attack the right side. This is such a good offensive line unit. They've been good for a while. They're still very, very good. Roethlisberger has only been sacked 16 times this year. That's 29th in that category, so he's well protected. Joey Bosa is starting to look like he's almost 100%. The Chargers are going to need every bit of him on Sunday. Now, flipping over to defense, let's start with Pittsburgh's strength, and that is their defensive line, and that D-line is exciting. Their headliners are Cameron Hayward, Javon Hargrave, and Stefan Tuitt, who was limited on Wednesday. We'll see if he'll go Sunday. Outside of the Rams' D-line, it doesn't get much better than that three-man rotation, man. 
They are all grade A run defenders, and they can get after the quarterback too. Hayward has six sacks already this season. Hargrave has five and a half sacks. And Stefan Tuitt, who's been out, might make his return this weekend. He has three sacks in nine games. Dan Feeney has had his troubles early on Sunday against the Cardinals. Certainly has had a down year in general. And this test gets harder this week with Hayward, Hargrave, and presumably Tuitt. And right before Tuitt went down, he recorded three sacks in four games. So he was riding a hot hand before he got injured. Without Tuitt in the last two games, the Steelers have given up 303 total rushing yards. In the four games prior, when Pitt had Tuitt, they allowed 292 total rushing yards. Tuitt really helps that run defense. If he's back on Sunday, that offensive line is really going to have to work to try to get Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson going since Melvin Gordon will not be going this Sunday. This weekend, and probably all this week, you're going to hear a Watt brother matchup between T.J. Watt, Steelers edge defender, and the Chargers fullback. But really, who cares? The Chargers have the worst Watt brother, plus he's a fullback. But his brother T.J. Watt is the Steelers' weak side linebacker. T.J. has been so much better in his second year already, hitting the double-digit sack mark with 10 this season. Not only that, but T.J. has really got his hands on some footballs. He's got a pass deflection and four forced fumbles this year. Now, what I will say about Watt is he's not really a disciplined player yet. He's got one goal in mind, and that's to get after the quarterback, and I'm hoping the Chargers will run at Watt, try to slow him down, and use that quicker pace like they did on Sunday versus the Cardinals. Wisenhunt saw that the Cardinals' interior were really getting to Phillip Rivers early on. This is another really good defensive interior in Pittsburgh. What they did was got the ball out of Rivers' hand quickly, stopping the rush, not even giving those pass rushers enough time to get to Rivers. Quick developing plays, getting the ball out of Rivers' hands fast, and they had it all working. So getting the ball out quickly will not only help the O-line, but it's going to make the Steelers' back end cover more, and that's a very good proposition. We'll get to it. Other edge defenders. Bud Dupree is their strong side linebacker, but he's kind of banged up. He might not play Sunday. If not, it'll be Anthony Chiquillo. He'll be the next man up at that strong side linebacker spot if Dupree can't get in on Sunday. And at the second level, those inside linebackers aren't really guys I'm very excited about. Not a group that I think is overly impressive. And they're just okay. It's John Bostic and Vince Williams. They're just fine. Though I thought Vince Williams had a really good game on Sunday against the Broncos. Rivers shouldn't have any problems attacking the middle of the field with that group, and it kind of gets worse after that. The Steelers' secondary is their weakness. Joe Hayden, Cody Sanzibar, their corners, both have not been great this year, especially Sanzibar. The safety group, Morgan Burnett, he's banged up, and I think he's probably been one of the better safeties of that group. Sean Davis has also been pretty good, but not great. But the rookie, Terrell Edmonds, has been bad. And if anybody's listened to any draft podcasts or even heard our opinions on Terrell Edmonds, he was not a first-round player. Pittsburgh thought so. He'll be taking over for Burnett if he's a no-go this weekend. Chargers can definitely take advantage of that group. Grading this DB group as a whole would not be in the Steelers fans' favor, but they're playing better as of late, especially with the deep passing game. With passes 20-plus yards downfield, through weeks 1 through 4, the Steelers gave up 429 yards through the air. That was most in the NFL. But since then, through weeks 5 through 12, they've given up 136 yards 
of 20-plus yard passes downfield, and that's actually the fewest in the NFL. So the DBs are limiting the big splash plays. Chargers, of course, will test them on Sunday. I haven't really covered special teams on the podcast because it hasn't really been a big issue as of late. Michael Badgley making all his kicks. Donnie Jones doing enough to not get a lot of big returns. Got a big return on Sunday by the Cardinals. Set up a field goal, but outside of that, they've been just fine. But I will say, without Melvin Gordon on Sunday, Austin Eckler's going to be the starter. He's going to be the RB1. Eckler is a main contributor on special teams, and the last time the Chargers didn't have Melvin Gordon in London against the Titans, Eckler wasn't on special teams either because he was the starting running back. That day, Darius Jennings had five returns for 156 yards. Let's hope the special teams can keep Ryan Switzer in check this game. Switzer is ninth in the league in kick return yards and eighth in punt return yards. So he's top 10 in both categories. Special task for special teams this year. I don't want to say that George Drew will have him ready because we all know he won't, but we'll see how it goes on Sunday. So Big Ben is still Big Ben. He isn't afraid to sling it. He'll always give his team a chance, or he'll throw them out of the game like he did last week against the Broncos in Denver. Got to bring him down. He's a tough guy to bring down, but you cannot let him extend plays. Stopping James Conner will be tough with his O-line, but he's been on a downswing recently, and the Chargers cannot afford to let Conner get rolling because then the play action comes, and that's been a killer. One of their strengths for Steelers this year. Antonio Brown versus Casey Hayward will be fun to watch, but Michael Davis on Juju Smith-Schuster is not a favorable matchup for the Chargers. This is one of those games where Gus Bradley is going to have to show us what he's made of. This O-line is tough. They are 29th in the league in giving up sacks. How will Gus generate pressure? Bradley is going to have to dig deep in that playbook and generate some pressure on Big Ben. Up front, the Steelers can make it a real long day for both Rivers and Eckler. That D-line can get after you. And with Stefan Tuitt looking like he might make a go this weekend, he helps their run game and it will be a tough ask as well. The passing game should be there. Steelers DB have limited the deep plays, but everything else should be open if the Chargers O-line can give Rivers enough time to complete those passes. I really, really don't like this matchup. And it gets worse because when you think about how these games are going and how the season is going, this looks like this might be the matchup in the playoffs too. And I hate to say it, but I think the Chargers lose this game. The Steelers team is angry after a brutal loss in Denver. They're at home in prime time with something to prove. I think the Steelers win 26-17. This is going to be a tough game. It's going to be a fun game. It's got some playoff implications. So that'll do it for me. Don't forget to follow at ScoreMorePod. We're all hashtag ScoreMorons. And even though I don't think the Chargers will win on Sunday, let's just hope the Chargers score more on Sunday. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. Fultron! I keep telling you, we're not Fultron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, 
bears in video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron.